You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you. Again, happy Father's Day from all of us here at 98.7 ESPN and your tri-state accurate dealers. Precision crafted performance for exceptional lease and finance offers. Visit Acura.com. Also want to remind you, uh, enter the ESPN New York no-hitter sweepstakes for your chance to win $25,000. Find the no-hitter tile on the ESPN New York app. Pick a team and submit your entry. Today's qualifier is Mary DeLuca from Newton, New Jersey, who's chosen the American League, an American League team, to throw a no-hitter today. Presented by MoheganSunCasino.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Uh, really quick, today... Want to win some money on Father's Day? Here are the two games that I'm on. And you've got the Washington Nationals going up against uh, the Miami Marlins. I like Washington on the run line. So they're getting one and a half. And you can get that at minus 125. Why? They're at home. They've been one of the best teams, top 10 in Major League Baseball against Southpaws, left-handed pitchers uh, so far this season at home. Luzardo is going to be on the bump from Miami, and he's been struggling on the road. Washington, very low strikeout rate at home as well. And Patrick Corbin will be pitching for Washington today. And he actually has performed very well at home. So give me Washington on the run line, which means they're getting one and a half runs. And shop that around. You can find it in some places, minus 120, minus 125. And probably my favorite play today is the Texas Rangers on the money line against Toronto. You can get them at minus 125. Uh, we talk a lot about the Texas Rangers and how great they are this season because of uh, your, their their offense and how much they're averaging six, seven, eight runs per game. But John Gray, nobody's really talking about John Gray. His last six starts, he's only given up one run, if less. He's only given up a total of four runs in 43 innings pitched. His ERA is south of one. It's .84 um, in his last six starts. And, uh, and this is a Texas Rangers team. As I said earlier on, they're really great during the day, day games. They're 20 and seven, 20 and seven during the day. And they will play this afternoon. Also, they're going up against, uh, Bassett who is given a, gave up eight runs, uh, in his last start. And he's going to be pitching for Toronto. So Texas on the money line, Washington on the run line. Those are my two major league baseball plays. This afternoon, if you want to dabble. Uh, earlier this week, I host, well, each and every week, I host a, a digital show called Bet. And Buster Olney, who's got his finger on the pulse of Major League Baseball better than anyone, uh, was so kind to join me to talk about where we stand right now in the state across looking at all things, the Rangers, the Rays, the Orioles, the Mets. <clears throat> um, and him and I had a great discussion in regard to where we sit right now, just a few, what, weeks away from the All-Star break and looking ahead to the second half of the season. Let's listen in. We got to talk some Major League Baseball. Enough with the with the back burner, right? It's hot stove. They are on the front burner right now because <laughs> they are the league that at least is in action. So, uh, Buster, let's start first and foremost in the NL West. And let's talk about the Diamondbacks, which, by the way, my favorite best uh, futures bet heading into this season was, was Arizona over 74 and a half wins. So I'm feeling really good about this Diamondbacks team. But what's surprising here is that the Dodgers are still the favorite to win the division. Are you finding some value in the Diamondbacks at four to one? Yeah, I would for sure. Uh, 
not only because the Diamondbacks are so athletic and in the, the years of these uh, rules changes, the, the restrictions against defensive shift, the Diamondbacks, like the Tampa Bay Rays and some of the other more athletic teams, seem to be thriving under these conditions, with Corbin Carroll being the best example of that. But also, when we look at the Dodgers, yeah, they won 111 games last year, but it felt like this year they had, uh, they were essentially half in, in the way that they went in during the offseason, making one-year investments in players like J.D. Martinez, uh, Noah Syndergaard, in part because the expectation is they're saving their dollars to go after Shohei Otani in this upcoming offseason. So this is not the juggernaut Dodger team that the Diamondbacks are competing against, uh, the typical Dodger juggernaut team that we've seen in recent years. This is a more vulnerable Dodger team that's been made, I think, uh, weakened even more because of some of the pitching injuries that they've suffered. Yeah, big scare last night. I had them beating the White Sox. Of course, they came back at the end to beat them 5-4. All right, let's talk about some underachievers, right? And no more than the Padres. And, you know, I'm here in New York. Boy, the Mets. Talk about the calls I get to my radio show. Uh, so the Mets already 10 and a half games back to Atlanta. The Padres, 7 and a half games back to Arizona, who we just talked about. But they're still 10-1 to 1 for the division. So do you consider them in the mix for a wild card? In, in the mix for the wild card, yes. As you and I speak, four games out in that regard, certainly not the division. You think back to June 1st of last year, they were 10 and a half games better since the Atlanta Braves. And Anita, since then, they're 20 games, uh, 21 games worse in the standings than Atlanta. And this year, a clear problem with their rotation. They invested $130 million in their starting pitching. Uh, to put that number into perspective, that's higher than the payrolls of 12 different teams. And yet, going into that Justin Verlander start against the Yankees on Wednesday, they had a combined ERA of 5.06, 26 out of 30 teams in baseball. And look, they're never going to really have a dynamic offense, especially with Pete Alonso's sideline at this point. Uh, their bullpen you know, was really hurt by the loss of Edwin Diaz. The rotation has to perform better. This team was designed to win through its rotation. And so if you don't see improved performances from Justin Berlander, from Max Scherzer, future Hall of Famers, you know, it's hard for me to see the Mets making the playoffs. And we talked about what a surprise the Pirates uh, were at that point in time in the season. They're still leading the NL Central. But actually, what's more interesting is the Cincinnati Reds, right? They're currently plus 650 yeah. to win the division and just sit one game back to the Pirates. So uh, do you think that that's worth the play for the Reds to win the division? Absolutely. Because the Cincinnati Reds right now might be the best team in the National League Central, which, let's face it, it's one of the two weakest divisions, especially with the Cardinals having an off year, the Chicago Cubs still sort of rebuilding. Uh, the NL Central is up for grabs, and what we've seen in recent weeks is the Cincinnati Reds gathering momentum. We talked about the athleticism of teams like the Diamondbacks in the race. Well, the Cincinnati Reds are right in there, and nobody embodies that more than young shortstop Ellie De La Cruz, who's like a switch-hitting version of Fernando Tatis Jr., bringing the power, bringing the speed. They got good arms on that pitching staff. David Bell, their manager, does a terrific job. I am... <laughs> I'm very bullish on the Cincinnati Reds and where they are. And you could see Ellie De La Cruz uh, last week just bring so much energy 
not only uh, in home games, but I think with his teammates, his unique ability to do that. And I think the Reds are going to ride him the rest of the year. All right, let's talk about the Atlanta Braves, right? Um, World Series favorites since we last spoke. But of course, you've got the Astros, the Dodgers, the Rays have been unbelievable. The Rangers are just, what are they averaging? Eight runs a game? Just ridiculous. Would the Braves right now be your play to win the Yes. Uh, no question, in part because of the strength and the depth of this team. Uh, you know, they're rolling along right now, despite the fact that they don't have Max Freed, who they expect to get back from injury here sometime soon. And that'll uh, begin to strengthen that rotation, which at times has been somewhat of an issue this year. I think once we get close to the trade deadline, you know, Alex Anthopoulos, who added all those outfielders in 2021 before the Braves won the World Series, he's going to do his job, add some help to the bullpen. That rotation, uh, excuse me, that everyday lineup is absolutely stacked, especially now as center fielder Michael Harris is beginning to get into form and get more comfortable after probably being rushed back from injury. But I also think part of the reason why the Braves are a favorite is the American League is stacked. Getting through the American League playoffs is going to be like a steel cage match because you have the Tampa Bay Rays and the Orioles and the Yankees and the two teams of the West, the Rangers, the highest scoring team in baseball, the Astros, in addition to the winner of the American League Central. The American League seems to be much more competitive. And on the other hand, you know, we talked about the National League, the Dodgers taking a step back, the Cardinals being such a big disappointment, the Mets, who we thought of as a favorite to make the playoffs before the year started, they're not playing well. The Phillies might be the most dangerous team to the Braves, but right now I think the Braves are the class of the National League, and they'll, as of today, they would be my pick to win the World Did you say the Orioles, Buster? Did you say the Orioles? Uh, again, you know, I'm rooting for them. My time, my four years in Baltimore. I love that team, and I love what we've seen from them so far this season. All right, let's end on this. Last time we had you on the program, we were talking about the biggest surprise in Major League Baseball. And of course, it was the Rays and their hot start. We're almost midway through this season. What now has been the biggest surprise for you this season in Major League Baseball? The Texas Rangers. Look, it looks like that they may improve their win total by something in the range of 25 to 30. And they're on track right now to win the American League West, the highest scoring team in baseball. You know, I was texting a, a, a few days ago with Bruce Bochy, the manager of the Rangers, and asked him, look, did you think your offense was going to be this good? And he said, yeah, in spring training, he's looking at a lineup, you know, headed by Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Uh, and he thought we'd be pretty good. But what he did not anticipate was the depth of that offense. You know, guys like Jonah Heim, their catcher, who should be an all-star, uh, rounding out from one to nine, a really dangerous lineup. And it's interesting because the Rangers, of course, their big investment during the course of the offseason was that huge contract with Jacob deGrom. He's out for the year after having elbow surgery, and they haven't missed a beat, right? And I also think Chris Young, because it's been so long since the, the Rangers have been relevant in October, you're going to see him be aggressive at the trade deadline. So if the Cleveland Guardians were to put out a Shane Bieber, for example, I could see the Rangers going all in, trying to plug a hole in that rota rotation, trying to add some depth, because this, uh, this team has earned it. Bruce Bochy, Hall of Fame manager, a really dynamic lineup. This team would be dangerous if we get to October.
Again, Buster Olney joining me on my bet program, uh, taking a look ahead to what we can expect as we get closer to the All-Star break, which uh, is the indication, obviously, uh, with half the season being over. And, uh, and man, I'm, I'm really I'm excited, maybe not the right word, uh, but uh, in- curious. Uh, who, who are buyers? Who are sellers? Who's going to be aggressive? Who's going to, as I like to call it, be active and attractive? Uh, as we get closer to the trade deadline, 800-919-3776, the phone number. That's how you jump on board. You want to continue to talk uh, Yankees. Also, uh, we'll, we'll, let's talk some Mets. They're in action later on this afternoon against the Cardinals. Also, coming up in about 15 minutes, Mike Clay is going to join us on the program. Uh, yesterday, we stumbled upon a topic, uh, talking fantasy football. And uh, we are just weeks away from the NFL Training camp, uh, rookies reporting, and and of course, August will be here before we know it. Preseason, me- meaningless preseason games will be played. But nonetheless, it's time to start talking about uh, fantasy football. And uh, in regard to the ESPN rankings, uh, ruffled a few of the Jets fans in regard to where Aaron Rodgers is ranked compared to Daniel Jones. So I thought uh, it'd be great to get Mike Clay uh, <laughs> on who's uh, front and center in regards to our ESPN fantasy football platform on with us. And sure enough, on Father's Day, uh, he said, absolutely, he'll come on board. So he's going to be joining us in about 15 minutes. So stay tuned for that. Anita Marks with you. This is 98.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you uh, here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Your U.S. Open leaderboard presented by Juggernaut. And uh, again, nobody's nobody's teed off yet today, uh, but I know I, I, I keep repeating myself, uh, but really just you want to be by a TV set around 5.15, 5.20 this afternoon. Uh, you've got 5.20 where Rory and Scotty Scheffler are going to be teeing off. Rory is nine under, Scotty is seven under. And then, of course, uh, Ricky Fowler and Wyndham Clark teeing off at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time today. And both are at the top of the leaderboard, tied at 10 under. Some really amazing storylines heading in today's final round. Ricky Fowler looking to win his first major, um, as well as Wyndham Clark, 
looking to win his first major. But Ricky obviously has been on tour a lot longer than than, than Wyndham has been, and Rory looking to win his uh, his uh, another major. I want to say this would be his fifth major, uh, but he has not win. He's uh, it's been it's been dark for nine years. Can he get back into that win column uh, when it comes to majors today? So some really amazing storylines. Again, leaderboard update brought to you by the Juggernaut, Juggernaut Hillside Cabernet Sauvignon, a wine that is fierce, brave, and delicious. Juggernaut Hillside Cabernet wine um, is harnessing uh, the power of nature. That's for sure. Also, this portion of the show brought to you by Skyway Golf Course. Make sure you head out there. Um, one of the best courses in the, in, in the New Jersey area. And I know I say it time and time again, you live in Manhattan. A lot of times it takes you a good hour, hour plus to get to a golf course, not at Skyway. Uh, just go right through the Holland Tunnel and you're there really, really, really quick. So, um, so there is that. Uh, we're going to have Mike Clay, who oversees our fantasy football platform. He's going to be joining us in about uh, five to, to, to ten minutes. And we stumbled upon something. I know, Tom, you weren't producing the show yesterday, uh, but Joe was. And we stumbled upon this. Really interesting. So, again, uh, I, I know it's early, but it's still interesting conversation and, and never a dull time talking about the NFL. But right now, in, in regard to the 2023 quarterback fantasy football rankings, and granted, this is fantasy, so understand. Uh, it's not that they're saying that uh, one quarterback is better than the other. It's about the number of fantasy football points that this quarterback will put up more so than another. And right now, Patrick Mahomes, uh, number one pretty much across the board. Uh, Josh Allen uh, is, comes in at two. Jalen Hurts at three. Joe Burrow at four. No surprise there. Lamar Jackson at five. Really interesting in regard to Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson's going to throw the ball a lot more this season. Uh, you've got a, a, a Baltimore Ravens team that invested $185 million in guaranteed money for Lamar Jackson, they draft Fowler, they bring in OBJ, uh, as well as some other, uh, I think Nelson Aguilar is there now, if I remember correctly. Um, they've got a lot of tight ends uh, that they utilize as weapons. So I do believe that Lamar Jackson is, obviously, he's, he's going to scramble, but not as much as we've seen him before. I think he's going to pass the ball a lot this season. Justin Fields at six, Justin Herbert at seven, Trevor Lawrence at eight, Deshaun Watson at nine, and then here's where it gets interesting in our own backyard. <laughs> They've got Daniel Jones is the 10th best quarterback in fantasy football. How about that? The 10th best. But again, a big reason why. Uh, his scrambling ability. He scrambled for almost 800 yards last season playing in that, that new system with Brian Dable. Am I expecting 800 this year? No. Same philosophy in regard to Lamar Jackson. They improved uh, his wide receiving core he improved, you know, everybody that he's able to, to that he's going to be utilizing in the passing game. So I, I'm not expecting another 800 yard rushing season from Daniel Jones, but do I see him rushing for about 500 yards? Yes, I do. I can see that. Then you've got Dak Prescott who comes in at 11, Tua at 12, Kirk Cousins at 13, and then Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers comes in at 14. He rounds out the top 15. Uh, Geno Smith actually rounds out the top 15. Geno Smith is, is at 15, but Aaron Rodgers comes in at 14. And again, it, this is fantasy people. They're not saying that Aaron Rodgers is a better, is that Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they're just looking at, you know, points wise. Uh, what is Aaron Rodgers going to deliver for you on a week to week basis compared to Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones rushing and, 
and mobility uh, brings you more value. But my question and my question to Mike Clay will be, but at that, <laughs> that discrepancy, right? For Daniel Jones to be 10, then Dak Tua. Here's my thing with Tua. I can't wait to talk to, to Mike. Here's my thing with Tua. Is he going to be able to stay healthy for, for 17 games? I'm not. I'm staying way away from, far away from Tua. I'm not touching Tua with a 10-foot pole. Uh, the number of concussions that he's had. One more concussion. Uh, the NFL needs to uh, really intervene here and and pull the plug on this on this young man's career uh, because it's. I would imagine it's dangerous as it is right now. Uh, Kirk Cousins at 13 as well. Although a lot of people might not be aware of this, year in and year out, Kirk Cousins finished in the top 10 uh, in fantasy football quarterback rankings. Uh, but you wouldn't know it. Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> 800-919-3776. I'm sure Jets fans want to chime in on this. Uh, we'll hear from Mike Clay next here on 98.7 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Happy Father's Day out there to everybody. Um, not only from me, but from all of us here at 98.7 ESPN and your tri-state accurate dealers, precision crafted performance for exceptional lease and finance offers. Visit Acura.com. And Mike Clay, one of my favorite guys at ESPN joins us now. And Mike Clay, uh, you've got two beautiful daughters uh, and we're so blessed that you're joining us on their day because it is Father's Day. Really, it's your day. So happy Father's Day to you, my friend. Thanks, Anita. Appreciate it. Uh, it's going to actually some nice weather, no rain here in the Northeast, as you know. So uh, we're going to you know, pull the heater on. We're going to enjoy some swimming, some grilling today. It's be a fun day. 
Love it. Love it. All right, let's dive into it. Stumbled upon, uh, upon this topic yesterday and, uh, and, and, and so so happy that you could join us now because phone lines blew up. Like Folks like, what do you mean Daniel Jones is the 10th best quarterback ranked in the ESPN fantasy football rankings and Aaron Rodgers is 14? In between them, Daniel Jones 10, Dak Prescott 2, Kirk Cousins, and then Aaron Rodgers rounds, it at, rounds in at 14. And I tried to explain, this isn't, it's not like ESPN fantasy football rankings are saying that Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. I want to imagine uh, that this is to do, to do with the amount of points that Daniel's going to get you running the football, which we have not seen Aaron Rodgers do in quite a while. But uh, I'm, I'm going to let you state your case. How did you come to these rankings, my friend? Yeah, so I, I guess we should get that out of the way. Uh, to be clear, I do feel that Aaron Rodgers is better than Daniel Jones, a quarterback, at least at this point. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Jones is a big breakout season of the better sporting cast this year. We'll see. Um, I think that he arguably outplayed Rodgers last season, but I don't think that uh, – I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But, look, you're exactly right. Uh, a huge part of this is straight-up rushing ability. I mean, last year Daniel Jones had over 700 yards rushing and seven touchdowns. He had over 110 fantasy points just from his legs. Aaron Rodgers had 94 yards and one rushing touchdown. So that's about 100 more fantasy points scored just from uh, Jones's legs. So – um, and not to mention that he has a lot of growth potential as a passer. He only had 15 passing touchdowns last season. He had 24 as a rookie. So, you know, with Darren Waller and Paris Campbell and uh, perhaps a, a eventually a healthy Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson, guys like that, you know, perhaps he, he takes a, a leap forward in that department as well. So, yeah, I mean, again, it, we're not – this isn't uh, – you know, fantasy rankings aren't necessarily real life, and in this case that's not. You know, I, I have Rodgers passing members well ahead of where Jones is. So I wouldn't – I wouldn't uh, – I wouldn't get too far. Uh, I wouldn't be too offended by that one. By the way, too, from a fantasy perspective, last year Aaron Rodgers had zero games with 20 fantasy points. Zero. 32 quarterbacks had more than that. Uh, you know, it's just it's 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 right. It was rough last year, and you know, hopefully with a little bit of a better supporting cast in New York, things bounce back here in 2023. Yeah. So so let's talk about that. What are your expectations for Aaron Rodgers this season? You know, they bring in Lazard, they bring in Cobb, um, they've, he, he has Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, my concern is, is the offensive line. To me, that's a huge sore, uh, sore yeah. thumb uh, when, when I'm looking at this, uh, this Jets offense, which I have some big concerns because we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers scramble and create for himself uh, in, in, in like the last two years. But nonetheless, what are your expectations for Aaron Rodgers this season, Mike? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I made it a point there to say a little bit better than the supporting cast in Green Bay because it's not just the pass catchers, right? It is the offensive line. Green Bay has had a pretty good uh, – they've had some injuries, but the offensive line has been pretty good uh, during its tenure, especially in recent years. Uh, whereas the Jets, I mean, the O-line has a lot of potential. It, just, it comes down to what are you going to get out of these tackles, right? Is, does Dwayne Brown still have it at entering his 37-38 season? And, and obviously, what are they going to get out of Mekhi Becton, who's barely played the last two seasons? So uh, – there's potential here. You know, I, I like the talent on the interior. It's just a matter of if they, if they hold up and uh, what they get out of those tackles. As for the skill guys, having Garrett Wilson, I think is huge. But behind him, it's, again, it is a lot of this. It is some of the same players from Green Bay. And otherwise, it's not, uh, not exactly a standout group relative to the rest of the NFL. So I think it's fine. It's serviceable, probably a little bit more reliable and obviously uh, more of a veteran component than what he had in Green Bay. But uh, I think it's fine. 
Um, and as for what that leads to for Rodgers, I think it's a better season. You know, I, I have him improving uh, on his touchdown total. I think he'll, you know, he had a, a ton of interceptions last season, his most in a long time, most in 2008, actually. You know, perhaps he can cut them down. I think the yardage will be up. So um, I do expect a better season. But is it going to be MVP caliber stuff at age 39? I, I don't I don't think so. It's possible, but I don't think so. And also a part of that is the schedule, right? Especially considering you're playing in the AFC East. This is four of the best defenses in the NFL inside your division. So it's six of your 17 games right there. Uh, on top of that, the schedule is, is tough overall. So uh, I don't expect Rodgers to come out and just totally light it up and put up, you put up 40, 45 touchdowns. I think it'll be a modest season and the Jets will be, you know, in that wild card mix. You know, another another uh, looking at your rankings here. You know, to me, two at twelve. I, I understand the rankings, <clears throat> but for me, I, I'm so concerned, Mike. Uh, one more concussion, and and I feel that the NFL has to intervene here. Um, you know, I, I just I, I'm worried about his overall like health future wise. I, I'm staying way away from from Tua this season, just because I'm 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 worried. Just one bad hit, and and. I, I think I think we need to have some serious discussion on whether or not he, he plays ever again. You agree or disagree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's definitely a concern. And I mean, you know, from a fantasy perspective, he would probably be a few spots higher if he stayed. If if we didn't have those concerns, right? I mean, last season he was seventh in fantasy points per game when he was healthy. Uh, he led the NFL in yards per pass attempts. Only Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen—they're pretty good. They were the only two better than him in QBR. So. Uh, he was really productive. And also, I don't know if people know this. This is one of my favorite stats of the, of the offseason, Anita. Uh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, 100% of their touchdown catches came when Tua was at quarterback. They scored zero combined when he was off the field. That's an unbelievable stat. Mm. This, this offense as a whole averaged a full touchdown per game more when Tua played. He had a really good season. And uh, I'd like to see him put it together for a full 17-game season. Uh, and, and maybe this is the year. If he's able to hold up and stay healthy and they protect him, there's so much potential. I mean, Miami, objectively speaking, you just look at their roster compared to the rest of the NFL, they are stacked, especially in defense. They get, bring in Vic Fangio as well to coordinate that defense. I mean, they are loaded. The offense is in good shape. If Tua proves the real deal, if he's even above average and healthy this season, Miami, you know, they're, don't, don't overlook them in that division. They, they could definitely win the East. I mean, this is a stacked roster. Yeah, they look really, really great on paper. But again, my concern is the health of Tua. And, 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 and I, I pray that nothing happens. But man, the track record is not good. In, in looking at the running backs, you guys have Christian McCaffrey as your number one back, followed by Austin Eckler, more, th- more so than Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor at four. And Bijan Robinson comes in at five, a rookie. Explain these rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mine are, my personal ones are slightly different. I have Eckler first, McCaffrey second. Actually, Bijan third. Uh, and, and, again, a lot of people, you know, think, well, he, how can you put him that high? He's never played uh, a down in the NFL. And, and, I mean, look, first of all, you could pick apart all these running backs all you want. There's a lot of reasons for, for concerns um, across the board. It's just the nature of the position, right? Um, but as for Bijan and being worried about him, there's really no reason to. I mean, you look at, you know, the last decade – uh, of running backs picked in the top 10, uh, they were all good. They were all top 15 fantasy running backs. Three of the six were top five. So, And that includes some of the guys you mentioned, including uh, Saquon Barkley, when he was elite out of the gate as a rookie. So I have no real concerns. There's a reason that the Falcons took Bijan in the top 10. He's going to be a feature back, heavily involved in the passing game. There's just so much to love. So 
like him up there. I do expect that you mentioned Jonathan Taylor. I do expect him to bounce back this season. It's kind of tricky with a, you know, a, a rookie quarterback, one who might steal some goal line opportunities. But Taylor is when he's when he's good, when he's healthy. Man, the guy is really good, and he's so young too. Right there with Bijan in terms of uh, being one of the younger running backs uh, that are fantasy relevant. So really excited for him as well. Um. Uh, Justin Jefferson, number one wide receiver, no surprise there. If you had the number one overall pick, Mike, who would it be? Yeah, so uh, usually the answer is automatically a running back, right? Uh, but I'm actually going Justin Jefferson this season. And part of the reason is those questions at the top of running back. I think running back, you know, last year it felt like kind of a weak year for running back, and it was actually a healthy year for running back. Uh, you know, in terms of games missed, uh, it, was, it was pretty strong, uh, and still, uh, you know, there's a lot of concerns around these guys. I mean, even Christian McCaffrey split carries with uh, with uh, Elijah Mitchell when he was healthy last season. So, you know, if we get a little, you know, pick those guys apart a little bit, it pushes me back to just taking the high floor, high ceiling superstar wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, who had over 1,800 receiving yards last season. And by the way, less than touchdowns on the board. And, you know, in terms of the volume he saw, he probably should have had a couple more touchdowns. Actually, have him scoring more this season, uh, and that just opens up even more opportunity for him to have a massive season. He's only 24. Uh, there's just so much to love about this guy. And also, you know, it's easy to go, well, Kirk Cousins is quarterback. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, look, since Kirk Cousins has gotten to Minnesota, believe it or not, the Vikings are sixth in the NFL in offensive touchdowns. They're fifth over the, top, over the past three seasons as well. So, uh, and, and the defense is not getting any better. Honestly, this could be a situation where, much like last year, where they are just throwing a ton and forced to score a lot of points. There really is a lot to love about Justin Jefferson here. I think the ceiling's so high uh, for him, and, and he could put up a similar year to last last season. So Jefferson, for me, if I'm if I'm picking first overall, that's my pick. Wow, um, very very interesting. I, I've been working with you for quite a while now, and um, and and that is. Uh, for you to go wide receiver number one overall. Before I let you go, Mike, and get back to the pool and Father's Day with your two beautiful girls, uh, let's talk about the tight end position. Travis Kelsey one, Mark Andrews two, TJ Hawkinson three, and the Giants' new tight end, Darren Waller at four, followed by Greg Kittle at five. Talk about Darren Waller. What are your expectations for him this season with the Giants? Yeah, obviously injuries have derailed the last two years, but when he's been on the field, he has been heavily targeted. Uh, and remember, he was a he was a top three tight end in fantasy in back to back seasons before these injuries uh, popped up. So uh, you know, look, still thirty one in his prime. Uh, I guess there's a slight concern with touchdown opportunity in, in an offense that is literally dead last in passing touchdowns over the last three seasons, uh, past three seasons. But again, I think as I as I mentioned earlier, I think. A big part of that is, uh, you know, has, has been supporting cast and targets, right? So there's reason to believe that they can turn it around this season and Waller should lead that team in targets. Honestly, I think he's by far the favorite to lead this team in targets. And the concerns at, at wide receiver kind of opened the door for that. So really excited for him. You know, I think uh, 800 yards, six touchdowns is probably a, a good median projection for him. And if he hits that, he's going to be a top five fantasy tight end. Really excited to see him in this offense. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, I, I think that uh, Brian Dable is going to u- utilize him not as your typical tight end. I think he's going to put him all over the field. A, 
um, the X, the Y, the Z. I, I think he's going to get really creative in how he utilizes Darren Waller. Also, I'm hearing that he is catching everything at OTAs. Granted, it's OTAs. They're in shells. They're not all that. But I'm hearing that he's looked great, and the chemistry between him and Daniel Jones has been spectacular. Mike, again, we so appreciate you on Father's Day. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Always fun, Anita. Take care. You got it. 800-919-3776. Danny in Long Island, you'll be first up when we get back. You want to chime in on my conversation with with uh, Mike Clay, a few things that uh, that stand out. How about that? If Mike Clay had the number one overall pick in fantasy this year, it would be Justin Jefferson, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, over any running back. Marinating that for a minute. We'll be right back. 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I want to remind you, the ESPN New York Beach Bash hits the Jersey Shore on Friday, June 30th at Bar A in Lake Como for two live broadcast appearances from DiPietro and Rothenberg, who give away the All-American Ford Bronco. It all kicks off with Bart and Han live at noon, followed by the Michael K. Show from 3 to 3 to 7, with giveaways for fans and attendance and music uh, from the Moroccan Sheep Herders. Woohoo! It's all brought to you by Patron Tequila, Soli Vodka, BetMGM, All-American Auto Group, Calandra's Bakery, and Flight by Yingling. Uh, you must be 21 years of age or older to enter. 800-919-3776. Go to Danny in Long Island. Danny, welcome in. Good morning. I'm thinking about heading to that beach bash and using my 20-year-old son as my uh, designated driver, but then he'd have to sit in the car out in the parking lot for about six hours. So, mm-hmm. whatever. All right, listen, uh, you know, as a, as a Steelers fan, I hope the Jets win 12 games this year. As I always tell people, I don't root against any team if you're not on my schedule because I need the Jets to knock off Buffalo, maybe knock off Miami a couple times if the Steelers want to have any hope of uh, slipping into a wild card. And when I, look at, when I look at Aaron Rodgers and I look at the AFC East now, I ask myself the following question. Is this the most complete and toughest division that Aaron Rodgers has ever competed in? And the answer to me is yes, because outside of Cousins, I can't name another great quarterback that's ever been in the NFC North except the last couple of years with Goff. So this is going to be very difficult for Aaron Rodgers because this, he's going to have a lot of uh, divisional games that he never had to deal with. You know, didn't he go like 17-0 against the Bears and like never lost against the Lions? He's in a very difficult division right now. So to expect the Jets to win 12 and dominate and go to the Super Bowl, all these Jets fans, is a little much to me because of what Aaron Rodgers is, is facing. And, 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 the, and the schedule is not easy. So let's just, 
I, I hope they win 12 games for Irish' sake and for my Steelers' sake and a lot of people. Here's my second point. You know, I called up about six months ago that the Steelers were going to be 9-8 and, and facing maybe sneaking as a wild card, and I said, I really don't need the Steelers to make the playoffs here because we went 9-8 and eight with a rookie quarterback and a playoff schedule. And now we have Pickett going into his second year with a non-playoff schedule. And our three bonus games we got now are against the Packers with no quarterback, the Raiders, we don't know what Jimmy G is doing, and the Titans with no quarterback. So the schedule fluctuations in the, AF, in the uh, National Football League are so dramatic that you really have to take a look at that when you look at your futures and all, all, anything else because it changes every year. The Giants have a much tougher schedule this year than they had last year. The injury factor, which could end the season in one play. So I'm looking forward to it. Anita. I'm like you. I turn off all my feeds that I follow a lot in the spring. But Father's Day, OTA start, uh, it, it starts now. Let's get it going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, solid phone call. And, you know, again, we, we, we just heard from Mike Clay talking about this AFC East division. And, uh, <laughs> and Joe, Joe, I, I want you to come on because you know better than anyone. If I say anything negative, if I have any hesitation – if I, if I present any, any glass half empty out there pertaining to the Jets, I, I just I automatically get ripped because I hate this Jets team, right? You can attest to that. It's one of the things, because every, uh, every host has one segment of a fan base that doesn't particularly agree with them. And I think you're on the top of the list with Jet fans. And I don't understand it. As a Jet fan myself, I will say that majority of the time, I would say 98% of the time you're not trying to bash the Jets. And even when you say something negative about the Jets because either they're playing bad or you're just not seeing it with the analytics and trying to bet against them, people take it extremely personally like that you've wronged a family member. And I just I, I find it hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> um. It, and yes, and so I, I just I think it's interesting that we preface that because not sure what the callers are going to say, but but Mike Clay just said it first. Like, watch out! He feels don't be surprised if this Miami Dolphins team wins this division. Now, I have the Buffalo Bills winning the division. I like what Buffalo has done, adding I feel the best tight end. Uh, coming in, and I, and I just want to call up their their depth chart right now while we're talking about them. Uh, hold on one second. So, uh, of course, as you know, you got Josh Allen. And another thing I look at, because it's a long season and guys get hurt, uh, I, I look at the backup quarterback position as well. Um, I, I think that's really, really important because you never know. Starting quarterbacks get injured. They go down. You need a guy who could come in who can win a few games for you, Right. Um, and, and this year, uh, the, the Buffalo Bills have Kyle Allen, who I think can round out anywhere is, you know, top, top 15, top 17 backup quarterback in the NFL. So I, I think they're solid there. Nothing outstanding, but solid. Uh, the biggest concern for me uh, pertaining, pertaining to the, uh, the Bills is their running back situation. They really have not addressed it. Uh, God forbid you've got uh, Dalvin Cook who who ends up in Buffalo, which I don't believe that's going to happen. I think Dalvin Cook very well could end up in Miami. Not that that makes matters uh, any any easier or better for the Jets, but nonetheless, 
if there's a sore thumb for this Bills team, it's their running back situation. James Cook, uh, Damian Harris, um, Latavius Murray, Hines. Uh, they've, they've got depth, but nothing, in my opinion, outstanding that, that really moves the needle. Stefan Diggs apparently reports ours that he's going to be at camp. I know that there's some current concerns out there that uh, there um, there there's some issues there with Stefan Diggs, but but the latest, especially today on ESPN, is that uh, he will he will show up at camp. Uh, Gabe Davis, who we know is, is just really fantastic and can stretch the field. Uh, Khalil Shakir, who I thought really would become something outstanding this past season, didn't happen. This could be the year for him. He's really a very good wide receiver, especially coming out of the slot. Um, and they drafted Kincaid, who I feel is the best tight end coming out of this year's draft, and they align him with Knox, uh, which is tremendous. Defensively, you know what you get here. Uh, they're just up front. They're going to get after the quarterback. They add Leonard Floyd to that mix. Uh, they've got an exceptional top five, front, front four, front five. Uh, they've got a real solid linebacking core and they've got a real solid so all three levels front mid rear they're really really good on the defensive side of the ball one would argue that this nfc east division very well could be one of the most competitive divisions in the nfl right if if what mike clay said holds true you know he feels that there's a good chance if it's a big if Tua can stay healthy and play the majority of the season, the Miami Dolphins have a really good shot of winning this division. Again, unfortunately, the reason I'm fading in is because of the 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 history that we've seen with uh, with Tua in getting injured, and I think he's one concussion away from potentially maybe not playing football ever again. Uh, so I like the Bills. Mike Clay likes the Dolphins. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to surprise some folks because they did b- bring in Bill O'Brien, so they actually hired a legit offensive coordinator to call the offensive plays for Mac Jones. Um, they've improved their roster as well, so I think the Patriots are going to play upset to a number of teams, um, especially uh, in 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 the AFC East. I think it's going to be uber competitive. This is not. This is going to be tough sledding, and you know, as that caller just said. You know, Aaron Rodgers has had it's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I think you could put the two in in the same category have had their way the majority of their career with a subpar division that they play in. Let's be honest for the majority of Tom Brady's career, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins and the Jets have just absolutely stunk it up for the majority of Aaron Rodgers career in the NFC North. The Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears have stunk it up, and it was and it's always been hit hit or miss with Minnesota Vikings. So now this is hands down the most competitive division that Aaron Rodgers has played in his entire career. So, and one could argue, let's open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. And I know we're going to take a break. Tom and Joe, I'd love to hear your response when we get back. What do you feel is the most competitive division heading into this year's NFL season? Is it the AFC East with Buffalo, Miami, the Patriots, and the Jets? Is it the AFC North with the Ravens, Cincinnati? I like Cincinnati winning the Super Bowl this year. The Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson uh, finally getting an entire OTA and, and not suspended and, and, and ready to take that next step with the Cleveland Browns. Um, 
A lot of people feel the Cleveland Browns could be a landing spot for uh, for Hopkins as well, by the way. Uh, him joining forces yet again with Deshaun Watson like they did when they were with the Texans. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be a lot better second year for Kenny Pickett. Definitely not the AFC South. Let's keep them out of it. What about the AFC West? Denver getting Sean Payton. Uh, Russell Wilson working hard, getting ready to redeem himself after a subpar season last year. Kansas City, everybody expecting him to win the Super Bowl. The Raiders, if Jimmy Garoppolo uh, can stay healthy and play. How, how about this? There's some talk and speculation that if Jimmy Garoppolo cannot go, there are players in that Raiders locker room who feel that Tom Brady could come out of retirement. He would need to get the okay from the owners because now he's partial owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. He would have to get the ownership groups in around the NFL to okay him to come in and quarterback his team. Very interesting. But there are Raiders players. This isn't just reporters. This isn't a, this isn't speculation. There are Raiders players who feel that if Jimmy Garoppolo cannot go, that Tom Brady could be a possible replacement for Jimmy Garoppolo. How about that? And the Chargers. I think you can argue AFC West. Um, the NFC is a disaster. I'm not even, how about this? I'm not even, I'm not even putting an NFC division in the discussion. To me, it's the AFC East, it's the AFC North, or the AFC West. Who has the most competitive, who's, gonna, who's playing, who's got the most competitive division heading into this season? What say you? 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you. We're back with Hour 3 next here on 90.7 ESPN.